Hello and welcome to this next episode of Ghost. Today we are here with Rachel Holway um, and she's going to be talking about some of her challenges uh, with anorexia, a rare disease that's brought her to Malta um, and ultimately uh, an amazing business which, that she's since set up called Reach 100. But before that, Stephen, how are you man? I haven't seen you in a while. Good, good. Uh, things have been very busy but uh... 2020 is after a good start. Yeah. Busy? Um, I've been working incredibly hard in my new job role. I'm working for a cybersecurity company. Sounds It's uh, very secretive. <laughs> no, it's not really too secretive, but it's a fast growing company. We're almost kind of like a, a, above a startup stage, but okay. um, it feels still like a startup. It's yeah. moving that fast in the right direction. You were stressed last time, so is that what's. Yeah, has that improved your stress level? It has, it has quite a bit. Um, anytime I get a chance, I do a quick bit of mindfulness, even if it's just two minutes. Okay. I'll just do a, a two minute YouTube video on mindfulness. Okay. Really helps. It's not I'll try and learning. sneak in 10 minutes of yoga before I go to work and maybe okay. after. Yeah. yeah. I've actually been doing, because um, I travel a lot for work as well. And I found that um, we're traveling, I'm not always staying in a hotel that's got a gym. I just never find the time to work out. So now I'm just trying to be really strict. Just even if I do 20 minutes in the morning, just yoga, just stretches, then, then it just starts my day. Yeah. Uh, it's much, it's just a lot better for, you, for your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, be great, really. So, um, yeah, and I've been away in, uh, I've got a new haircut. I like it, man. I like Shaving it. my head for everyone that can't see me. Um, I've been hanging on, I was hanging on to those six strands for, for too long, probably. Um, but now it's cool actually, I feel, I feel a lot better. Feel, now, now I wake up and don't worry about sorting my hair out. Yeah, it's way easier. I had to put gel on mine today. <laughs> it's annoying. I'm saving on products. Because <laughs> now, now it means I have to spend more money on making sure my face looks good. Oh, like, and your beard. And my beard, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, but I was, in, um, I was in Cuba, uh, so I just got back uh, this week. And uh, have, you, have you been to Cuba? No. Oh my God, like honestly, it's such a... I can't even explain, I don't, there's no amount of explanation can explain how good it is. And I think um, I was a bit, not apprehensive, but didn't really have any preconceptions. I didn't really know what to expect. Only obviously understanding that um, it's a communist state, mm-hmm. you know, there's gonna be, and obviously the, the, the embargo is still in place, and there'll be some classic cars. That's what I kind of thought, but, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so much so, I was thinking, okay, it's just gonna be the square, we have classic cars, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But they were just everywhere, it was unbelievable, because um, uh, what I really, uh, what I really like about it is that, and it's, it's quite, it's such a different society, or approach to society, because today we are very much, a, we are a disposable, we live in a disposable society, so, you know, this, this iPhone that I got, what, two months ago, I'll probably get a new one in eight months. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous because the phone works, the camera works, there's just, there's no need. And it's even like, you know, this t-shirt, you know, I bought it last summer. I'll probably wear it till summer and then I'll throw, throw it away. Well, in Cuba, they just, I think because um, there's such a lack of availability to, to just everyday material items, mm-hmm. that means that they just, continually kind of look after things, they rebuild things, and, and so much so the, the classic cars, they like to be inside of one as well, especially, and like to, it feels like you're back in the 50s. Some, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. And, and the, uh, the people there, even though, you know, so the doctors, for example, 
it's like high-end doctors and hospitals are paid the equivalent of $50 a month. Wow. It's just, you know, you think, how, how can you even live? It's just, but they manage and everyone is so happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there are some that are a bit frustrated, but on the whole, everyone we met, because we stayed in central Havana, which is, uh, so we stayed in um, what they call a, a casa particular, mm-hmm. which is basically like an Airbnb, mm-hmm. but um, in the old, like the old town bit. And, um, and if I'm honest, like, there's some point in, in, in when it was nighttime and on the first night anyway, and we're walking back through these. And your natural instinct is to be a bit guarded, especially when I was there with my girlfriend. So I was thinking, okay, shit, I might, you know, I might get jumped here. Because mm-hmm. that's what you think if you're in London. But they, they are the sweetest people. They come up and go, hey, like, they just want to talk to you because you're not from there. And they yeah. want to know, especially like being from Malta, they're like, where's Malta? Mm-hmm. So like you have to get show them on the map and they're really like genuinely interested. It's such a, um, it's just a wonderful experience really because you just, uh, you see there's kind of genuine interest rather than someone trying to just speak to you to get money or to hassle you. So it's just really, really, the people were just absolutely lovely. And um, we went to a place called Trinidad, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Trinidad and Tobago, the islands. And um, it's like a five hour uh, car ride from Havana. Mm-hmm. And there is just music everywhere. Like, you know, you think, okay, you go to like Manchester or Liverpool, like these, uh, these uh, the, the heart, the, the home of rock and roll. Um, this is just like something else. Like every every bar, every restaurant has just got like Latin music playing. Mm. Even even some of them got like we went to um, yesterday bars, like Capitals Bar, and bam, they were just unreal. Like you know, you you would happily pay money to see them that good. Mm-hmm. So it's just I, I don't know. Maybe it's because again, but there's. Um, there's a lack of, of phones and like TVs and, and general distractions we have today. Um, just maybe then kind of drives them more inward to mm-hmm. be, be more creative or they maybe just give themselves the time to to paint and things like that because the art work there as well is just insane. So That's I was just fascinating. Honestly, I'd recommend, recommend going. And also the lobster. <laughs> oh my God, it was fucking ginormous. Like, and it costs, it costs like 18, equivalent to 18 euros. And, and it's like... It was like an alien's tail. It was fucking giant, absolutely massive. And on, on the grill, just, I feel like I should um, probably write to um, the Cuban tourist board and say, do you need to be your advocate? Because um, yeah, obviously, great. And also I've got a great tan from it. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that's me really, that's what I've been up to. And then um, uh, obviously still with, uh, with Few on our um, mobile booking platform. Working hard at that and getting that built. So it's, um, it's all, uh, all hands on deck at the moment, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Oh, positive. Yeah, and obviously we've got Rachel on today, which is going to be cool. It's going to be a bit of a roller coaster, I think. Um, but it should be, I'm looking forward to kind of hearing, hearing bad stuff, but also the good stuff as well. Um, I think we should start, shall we? Yeah. Cool. This week's show is brought to you by Soho Office Space. Soho Office Space is awesome. Personally, I've worked in a multitude of co-working spaces and these guys have totally hit the mark. Not only with their community team, but the whole joined up togetherness, if that's even a phrase, um, of of, of their offering, despite the fact they have multiple office locations, really brings the, and accentuates a genuine community vibe I've not experienced anywhere else before. 
Also, if you're just an individual trying to try and build an empire or a bigger scale-up company looking for a solid yet connected workspace um, for your staff and, and even for yourself, these guys are it. Um, not forgetting the fact that every Wednesday um, they, they really like to cook up a, an awesome lunch and share that with everyone, which is, is such a nice little touch. Um, and they have got a brand new, a brand new location um, on the Strand, which um, for those that are not in Malta, it's in Slima, um, which has got an incredible and ginormous roof terrace. Um, so I know exactly where I'm going to be this summer burning my bald head and working. Um, so if you guys are interested, uh, please go to www.sohomalta.com forward slash dosed for discounts on any inquiries. Rachel. Hi. Hi. Hallway. Rachel Hallway. The hallway girl. girl. (laughs) (laughs) The hallway girl. All right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Enjoying the sun? Yes, yeah, I'm enjoying the, um, despite me wearing a winter hat, um, yes. I went out today, it's bloody boiling outside, yeah, it's, it's lovely. We should be doing this outside. We should be doing Next this Next one we'll do it outside. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on. for today's one, come on. Yeah, so, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, can put, we can turn the heat up. No, I've allowed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously lots to talk about with you today, um, yeah. an unbelievable 10 years, last 10 years for you, or not more now, too. 12. 12. Um, but before we delve into it, so Malta, you're in Malta. I am in Malta. Yeah. Enjoying it? I like it now. How long have you been here now? A uh, year and a half. Okay. Yeah, so I'm off of that months counting, you know. Yeah, yeah okay, nice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> stage of eight and months you, And you're the, over the phase of holiday mode. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. So my first, my first six months, I was like trying not to go out every night because I was yeah. like, oh, I'm in holiday, this feels like I'm holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live by the beach anymore either, so that helped. Yeah, first six months horrendous, but stuck at it, and now I absolutely love it. Mm. So, what were the uh, what were the best bits of being in Malta? Would you say at the moment? I quite like how it's so small. Okay. Because things happen a bit easier. Everyone says like things don't happen, but like meeting you guys, yeah. things happen quicker, and yeah, just making lots of friends. It's, yeah, I, I've got that as well. Like it's easier. I yeah. found it's easier to network, yeah. or you don't. Yeah. I would say you don't have to put as much effort in, but it's kind of you can make effort in the right way and then it comes around quicker yeah exactly, rather than like yeah. in a place like London you'd have to be out Taking forever to yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and I quite like the local life I've, we've made it like villagey go to the butchers we oh nice the man yeah and exactly stuff like that. so much like, nicer actually that's I what love I do. that life yeah. that's how I used to live in Ireland mm-hmm. once so you establish that community yeah which yeah, is that's cool. great I love it yeah where in Ireland are you from uh, my dad's from Dublin down okay. here okay okay yeah, represent <laughs> represent. Yeah, I wish I could be. Uh, <laughs> what about you? What do you like about Malta the most? Um, two years. Two years. Okay. Ah, oh, obviously the weather is the easy thing to say, but you know I really like Maltese people. I like the way they're very off the cuff, very similar to Ireland in that way. They're, they're island people. We're similar to that too. Uh, less Ma- bureaucracy. Maltese and Irish say three the same. Yeah. 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 They say tree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of similarities actually. Yeah. It's surprising. Yeah. Big yeah. Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. Catholic country too. It, it does kind of resonate, kind of more of a community feel. Yeah, and family. Yeah. Family no, there's lots of things. I mean, I could talk about this for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, not uh, today we're on Rachel, not you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, okay, where to start really? I guess, um, so, I guess what, what? <laughs> there's so much, there's so much to talk about. I'm just trying to think, okay, where do we start? So, you know, what What was the, the trigger, I'd say, for, for you to come to Malta in the first place? You know, what brought you here? Um, I had to move quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had about four to six weeks from the doctor's appointment where my hands and feet blistered quite badly okay. over the years and it got worse and worse. Okay. They tried everything and then the doctors were like, we don't know what to do and it was so bad that I was going to potentially have my hands and feet amputated if I didn't do something. So, so go back. So they start blistering so what do you mean so what so they called it Raynaud's okay uh, cold like even though they weren't white they would go blistering and red but they just said Raynaud's and I knew it wasn't right okay so I had to fight for them to keep investigating sure. and then uh, and then I started getting a lot of pain in my body as well okay so then realised what the um, so Raynaud's what are the typical symptoms just go your hands going quite cold and oh. white and losing oh. circulation okay. which evidently yeah, doesn't okay. happen with my hands I see but so they they would just get with a prescribing certain drugs then for that? Yeah, or like just steroids, steroid creams, um, nifedipine, which is for circulation, but mm-hmm. my blood pressure steroids. is really low, so yeah. that was really bad for my body. Mm-hmm. Um, then they offered infusions where I'd have to sit there for eight hours with infusions in my hands and feet and go back every few months and do it, and you wouldn't be able to use your hands and feet for about three days. Oh, wow. you have to, once you have it once, it's a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. So okay. I didn't really want to sentence myself to that. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, wow. But if I carried on in the UK, amputation was a risk. So I had to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, lucky for us. So I had a big leaving yeah. party, yeah, which was amazing. Okay, yeah, nice. Um, and then, yeah, here oh, I am. Wow, okay. <laughs> and, and so is it purely... Was it the med- medical reasons or is it the due to the climate? Uh, yeah, you know, the so what heat, were the... so the cold obviously affects it mm-hmm. and I was getting severe pain in my body as well and I still suffer from it all mm-hmm. but can manage it a bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so under about, seems 12, 10 degrees, it's now become quite life-threatening. So I went back to the UK last August, meant to be sunny. Oh it was horrible. Mm. Um, and in three days, I lost like three kilos, four kilos. I was pale, my eyes, I was in so much pain. And I went into hemolysis where your red blood cells burst. Oh, so shit. my body would just attack itself in a random way every time it's cold. Um, and I had to get an emergency flight back. A doctor had to ring the US embassy to tell them how to keep me safe on the plane. Wow. I got three seats to myself though, which was amazing. <laughs> and they had to keep bringing me a hot water bottle every hour on yeah, the flight, oh and it was horrific. But and then I came back here and spent two days in the sun, and I was fine again. Wow. So, so why? Um, obviously, there's loads of countries that you get kind of a lot of sun and, yeah. and heat. Spain, Portugal. Why did you choose, choose Malta? Not gonna lie, I didn't need a visa. Uh, English speaking, <laughs> I had four weeks to okay, move, yeah, so yeah. I didn't really have much choice. No, and sure. obviously, I'm a Pilates instructor, mm-hmm. so I needed somewhere that could understand <laughs> what I'm saying. Of course, that's <laughs> true. Um, so yeah, that's I've never been here. I thought I was going to Spain, and my dad was like, "You do know you're going to near Italy?" I was like, "No." Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Wow! Oh, my gosh, shit. Okay. Didn't even know where I was. At least you weren't flying the plane. <laughs> no, I was like, I don't know where I'm going, but fine as long as it's sunny. <laughs> and so, how? So when did this first flare up? When this um, first happened? Probably about six years oh, ago now. Six years ago, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like just gradually. And then every year it's worse. Okay. 
it's just progressively got worse over time. Yeah, okay. yeah. And ah. then the pain and exhaustion in my body, so yeah. we knew something. Well, we still don't know what's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So we sent a medical profile out when I got here, mm-hmm. and the doctor came through from Iran, actually, wow. research centre. And she's been helping me for about a year, and she is incredible. I've met her in Italy, so she mm-hmm. travels the world. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the most incredible doctor, and she's been helping me a lot. What's her name? Um, Dr. Baha. Dr. Baha. So medical treatment here is is fine, similar to the UK, or? Um, here, not so much. I got caught up in a few little things we were going to, but Marta Day is amazing. So oh, okay. cool. They're incredible, yeah. and I couldn't fault them, you know. And you mentioned you use your prescribed some sort of steroids. Um, mm. They caused some blood pressure issues. Was was that the, the issue? Yeah, lifeedipine did. But now I was put on crazy amount of steroids and antibiotics because mm-hmm. they thought I had a blood infection, or I did have a blood infection. Right. Um, and I was on it was crazy dosage of about four months of it, and I've okay. just finished it now. So okay. Yeah, but the doctors in Mar today helped with the monitoring. So the doctor from Iran tells them. What oh really? Wow. Okay. They do what she's asked, and they send okay. to her what they found. Oh really? That's yeah. quite nice. It's quite cool, yeah, like yeah. in a weird way. A lot more collaborative than you you would normally expect. Yeah, and she doesn't want anything from me. Like she's just helping. Oh nice. So. And so you said you sent um, your medical profile out. What, what does that mean? So like all the symptoms, what's mm-hmm. happened, what <coughs> treatments I've tried, what's where, worked, where do you send it? Um, we just research, like research centres in inflammation, infectious disease, oh, okay. rare disease, wow. and just any centre, America, and then they send it to other people. So oh, that's really? where I end up to around, it ends up kind of <laughs> being sent around, okay. which is a really nice feeling. Yeah, like imagine. people just trying to help. That's just one way help. Yeah. Wow, okay. And, and so, have you come to a point where it's been treated or you understand what it is or we're getting there where are you know where are you on this this path so we cleared the blood infection and mm-hmm. something esophelia i had so my body's constantly trying to fight whatever's going on mm-hmm. so my white blood cells were too high they were fighting the good stuff oh, i see okay. that's all been fixed oh really okay all the symptoms are still pretty bad so right. obviously we're like okay um pretty certain now just waiting for loads of tests that it's hypothalamic dysfunction from the illness before that. So, wow, okay. Yeah. So, so let's delve into that, shall we? So the illness before <laughs> that. was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and this um, also can kind of stem from a young, young age, right? Yeah, so yeah, diagnosed anorexia nervosa at 16. 16, okay. Um, actually self-diagnosed, okay. which is really rare. So right. I knew something was wrong, mm-hmm. and then just one night I just realized what was wrong. I uh, went to the doctors, mm-hmm. and they didn't believe me. Even though I outright told them, but self-diagnosis isn't a thing mm. in anorexia, really. Okay. Um, and my BMI wasn't low enough at 15. So, wow. I was so they just put you, in a, put you in a box, basically, and go, no, you don't, you don't tickle the... Yeah, just said I'm fine. And how, so, and so I don't know loads about anorexia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so anorexia nervosa, that's the... The medical term? Or yeah, so okay. anorexia refers to like body weight. Okay. Anorexia nervosa is the fact that it's a mental illness. Mental illness, okay. So <clears throat> where did this, so going down the mental illness route, so where did this stem? Where did it stem from? It obviously, it didn't just happen overnight. I mean, where it was this, Again, I don't know, was like it something that happened? A or? bit we're not 
quite sure. Like, because yeah. mine was always very different. I was very self-aware. Sure. I knew what was going on. Yeah. I didn't want it to happen. Yeah, of course. It was very strange. Um, but we think from when I was quite severely bullied in school. Okay. Um, went on a ski trip and went into hypoxia, panic attack there. So that changed like the neuro pathways in my brain from it because okay. I nearly died from hypoxia there. So. My brain was starved from oxygen. Hypoxia, so is that, that's just a panic attack where you... So the brain starved of oxygen right. for too long. Right, wow. So we think it's come from that because it was so different. Mm. Um, and then obviously being bullied and then I lost a lot of weight because I couldn't eat properly. Yeah. And it all just started spiralling from there mentally and physically. Of course, yeah. So. Well, this is the thing as well with this type of mental illness. It has a huge impact on your physical yeah. well-being as well, right? Yeah, so. exactly, yeah. So... So when you went into the doctors at 16 and, and kind of spoke about what you mm-hmm. what you diagnosed, um, how, obviously you said they just said you're fine and to go away. So they didn't medicate, they didn't give you any medication or, so what happened in the next kind of two years following that? Because this is for, especially for a, like a teenage, mm-hmm. teenage girl, a young woman, mm-hmm. this is quite kind of key period. It took a lot to go as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Doctors. Yeah, I kept ringing, hanging out, ringing, mm. hanging out. Um, so there was turmoil because I knew I couldn't, it was like demons in your head. Oh. I can never describe it, but it's literally demons in your head. Um, I knew I couldn't beat them on my own. And my doctor had just told me my BMI wasn't low enough. So what do I do? I have to lose weight. Jeez, Jeez, oh, so, yeah. help. So it was turmoil because obviously my parents knew and they were trying to make me gain weight. I actually didn't want to lose weight. So, but in a, literally a few months, I went down to BMI 13. And they finally went, oh, oh my God. And then it was too late because the demons in the head were like too strong. Yeah, okay. And so can you explain what kind of things you went through? So demons, you know, so give me an example. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, it's it's literally just like you want to get better. Well, Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can literally got shouting in your head, like a bully in your head. Okay. Um, Just kind of saying, what you know, you're not good enough or what? what Yeah, and like just can't describe just when you were eating or gaining weight or anything it was just the most horrific sensation I never really yeah, knew why because wow. I could see I was skinny I hated yeah. it so I I still don't understand it I can't yeah, wow. so but yeah I was put in a day hospital then okay so you go like Monday to Friday eight till three and yeah, this so what what about school and studies I mean are you able to kind do... of try and study in, yeah. in the hospital okay and they do let you go do exams well obviously I mean <laughs> I still did well somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a way, you're locked in a lounge all day. So okay. Nothing else to do, I guess. It kind of makes you yeah. probably did better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was horrific. I was there twice, nine months each. Um, nine months stint. Yeah. Each time, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, just what what like, kind of impact would that have socially as well? I imagine well, you have. Yeah. yeah. Which so, is even worse because you're really in that kind of state where you're kind of self-loathing or you know you're not you're not liking yourself yeah and then not being surrounded by any support other than your family right yeah yeah it was bad like you're in one small lounge with other 12 other patients Mm. with eating disorders so we're all quite okay quite competitive illness as well weirdly um they're iller than me and they do that and they've tried to do that and it's really a weird like if you have cancer and something someone's worse you don't want to be worse of course with yeah. anorexia for some reason you're like they're skinnier than me they're more sick than me i need to be that sick wow it's really weird so you're in 12 12 of you in one lounge and all you're doing is waiting to be called for meals and the meal plans 
insane like how much you have to eat it's disgusting actually um well then they're just kind of making you um, carb load like loading on calories yeah so like breakfast uh, 100 grams of cereal with 400 milliliters of milk okay then two bits of toast with like jam (coughs) or anything and juice and fruit for breakfast wow okay hour and a half later you have a snack so that's like biscuits and milk or something like a child (laughs) um hour and a half later you have a main meal and dessert hour and a half later jeez okay yeah hour and a half later you have a four to six build up shake and a chocolate bar oh my goodness then you go home expected to eat dinner (laughs) as a person with anorexia In which case I just compulsively exercised yeah. and screamed and cried yeah. and tantrums and it was horrendous until you went back the next morning. Mm-hmm. Um, they treat you like prisoners in a lot of hospitals. Wow. It's right. Like, obviously we're fearful of food and they would bring in random snacks at some point as a snack challenge. So you're in this lounge just almost terrified for that door to open mm-hmm. and they'll just bring in a snack and you're like, Wow. You have to sit there and eat it. And so you can't just say, I'm hungry. Just like, no, oh, God, no, because then it's, well, especially in the inpatients, which is more horrific. That one was tame that day, hospital. Yeah. Um, you're then threatened with four to six if you don't eat, which is a build up shake. So they weigh out the amount of food you left, put it into four to six. You wait to get called to drink that with everyone else. Or they left that, they left that. Um, if you don't drink that, you're put on a tube feeding and they put it down a tube. Oh, shit. I wonder if that's changed. I mean, if people are still going through that same medical yeah, treatment. Same. Oh, most makes most. me makes me so sad. Mm. Yeah, um, what what impact did it have on your your parents? Because I uh, imagine they're like they felt felt quite helpless. I would imagine. Yeah, or, very I mean, bad. Yeah, I'm gonna get them to help and do some stuff mm. on this because actually people don't think. I'm glad you said that. People mm. don't think about that. They're just watching that happen. Yeah. and they can't do anything if they're supporting you they're doing wrong if mm. they say everything they say is wrong um obviously i was so lucky like mm. they stood by me and wouldn't let the doctors do this to me they were stuck by me all mm-hmm. the time and okay. believed me yeah which i couldn't have done it without them mm. yeah the um first admission actually was like inpatient so the day hospital didn't work like you're going home on your own the weekend you know it it was horrendous yeah. it was bad treatment um, and also like if you lost weight there twice you got sent on time out so you would go home for a week because you weren't committed and I was oh. like hang on does that not mean <laughs> that it's stronger in my head and I need you more yeah of course and you're on time out for a week you're like what Jesus. that doesn't make sense <laughs> so that treatment didn't work um, and then we tried to get into an inpatient unit um, and getting a bed is a nightmare so I was like, really bad. So mum and dad were like, we've got to do something. And they mm. found somewhere called Newmarket House in Norwich. Okay. So it's four hours from home um, and they, it's private and you couldn't get funding for it at this point. So they paid for it, um, six weeks, 30 grand. Um, oh. Which I found out yesterday no, when I was making no. notes for this. Yeah. And it, yeah, that was a shock. Um, and obviously six weeks. Amazing place, amazing place, unbelievable. Um, Where I met my friend Alice, which we can go into a little bit later, maybe, (laughs) for the the second admission. 
Um, but yeah, so obviously I did amazing there, worked so hard knowing. I knew mum and dad were paying, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that yeah. much. How, so you uh, mentioned about funding, so it wasn't available then. Is, is that something that is available? Can you get funding for these yeah. types of things? So now it's changed, a lot like money. you had to wait for a bed near you. Okay. But now you can go anywhere. Oh really? So now okay. wherever a bed is available, you can go. Okay. With funding, which was my second admission. Sure. Okay. To Newmarket. Okay. Luckily. So, so talking about the first admission though, so um, h- how is it different? How's it different from what you'd experienced? So, so it's like really a good. house that okay. someone set up where mm-hmm. her son had suffered anorexia. Um, oh wow. Okay. In America, and in this type of thing, mm-hmm. she she set it up in Norwich and the staff were like supportive they would sit with you they wouldn't treat you like a prisoner they would hold your hand they would hug you they would play games with you they would support you yeah it's almost like a health hostel yeah and like you could then make better friends you were all in it together yeah okay um so So less competitive yeah less competitive and yeah just worked my ass off in there um by working your ass off so what kind of what did you have to do? What kind of things? Just like you? using the support, so don't hide away. I like see. If okay. I was being tormented in my head, I would go find someone and tell them mm-hmm. what was going on in my head all okay. the time, and go into all the groups with all of my like trying not hide everything them. open. Yeah, obviously trying to eat the meal plan yeah, as best yeah, I can yeah. and yeah. things like that. So oh, okay. yeah, I was like then A star pupil, did really really well. Yeah. But once I came out, I mean six weeks. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not I'm assuming they had psychologists in the hospital and in the centre, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was in this hospital was specific to anorexia. The priory, you just got a random therapist who just doesn't specialise in it or anything. Yeah, yeah. It was available kind of thing. Right. Um, and went through, seemed like tick box. Whereas this one was support staff and worked with you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's amazing. That's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Not, you know, not, not many people have access to that much money no. to really get to places like this. So. Yeah. But after, after the six weeks, um, obviously you left, Did you? how did you feel at this point? Amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But um, then I was relapsing, didn't want to, but that's when we realised there's got to be something in my head because mm. I don't want to relapse. I feel amazing, why am I relapsing? Yeah, okay. And I felt powerless. I was like, yeah. I can't stop this. I wow. literally can't stop this happening. Obviously, my parents are angry at me. Mm-hmm. Not understanding, because to some people, it's like, just eat. Like, yeah, of course. Like it's it's a trauma, yeah. Yeah, so it's not just about, but you're skinny, eat. Yeah. Why don't you just eat? Like, well, this this is, the, uh, you know, to the um, it's, it's the ignorant individual, the person doesn't really know, then that that's that's all they think, is so why aren't you exactly. You're just not eating. So yeah. I think that's... The, I can see that. Yeah. But... Um, but it's not, not, not what's going on. <laughs> so yeah, tried college, tried to get like a life again, but yeah. just relapsed and relapsed bad. It's yeah. kind of like my condition now, yeah. worsened every time um, until... And do you just go inward then at that point? You just feel... Just feel like powerless. You become more withdrawn? Yeah. Well, I was really lucky again. I had some really good friends around me. Okay. And they still are my best friends today. Oh, nice. They stuck okay. by me the oh. whole way. So again... With my family and my friends, I was very lucky. Yeah. But I saw it happen a lot with others. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that. Yeah. yeah. Who was? So I almost felt guilty. I was like, oh my god, I wish you had this support. Mm, yeah. The difference is amazing. Yeah. So, but yeah, so then I got admitted again. Um, only this time, my BMI was about eleven, so I was wow. like thirty-eight kilos, Shit. which is yeah, no, uh, twenty-eight. 
because I'm 40 kilos now, so it's 12 kilos less than now. 28 kilos? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so Great. I went in with like my head down because I was just like, mm. I felt embarrassed. I looked like an alien, like some of the photos. It's like kind of like monkey face yeah, and like yeah. old. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so that was bad. But again, but then I was there a year. Yeah, wow. Yeah, okay. Newmarket for a whole year. Sunday, yeah. Okay, wow. So that's inpatient, inpatient. Yeah. You start getting home leave, but I was four hours away, so I couldn't get that much. Mm. But it was amazing, and again, worked really hard. Same sort of thing. Was lucky to have got a year, but obviously it was way more traumatic because the lower your weight, the stronger the demons in your head, really? anorexia anyway. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah. And so a whole year, so... I remember the tantrums. <laughs> I was telling my boyfriend yesterday about one, look, I don't know why I remember it so much, over like eating a cheesy potato cake. Okay. And I had the most almighty tantrum, like, it was horrendous. <laughs> I was just like, really? <laughs> so... <laughs> and in, so a year is a long time uh, mm-hmm. in, in a place like that, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so how did you... Obviously, you had a good support network there as well in, in the, the staff. But what about individual? You must have obviously there was other individuals going through the same um, s- scenario you're going you were going through. Did you did you see improvements in other people? Did you kind of other people help you? Or, yeah, you know? we all kind of helped each other. I'm okay. Still friends with some of them. Okay. Um, I made a really good friend, Alice, mm-hmm. um, and we used to like mess about there when we were getting better as well, especially yeah. like. We would dress up at Halloween and went out on roller skates trick or treating. Oh, nice! We okay. Got in so much trouble. <laughs> so much trouble. Were you not? So was it kind of like lockdown? Yeah, yeah, on yeah. these grounds, so you weren't yeah. allowed out. No. Oh, really? Like okay. Admission signed out. Oh, really? Okay. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. The third admission was even worse, but this one was kind of your kind of free. Yeah. I mean, I used to run out. I used yeah. to find. I knew when the staff were in the kitchen to prepare a snack, so yeah. I would sit by the tree reading. Yeah. Oh, that you can't see that. Um, <laughs> and then we'd do a quick run around yeah. and then come back and knew exactly how much long you get very clever okay okay nice you get very clever um, <laughs> so it still does feel a bit like an open prison it lives yeah, yeah. even though they're like, very nice in there but yeah. you're still kind of you become like a you're like a child because you're yeah. being taken care of you're told when to eat you're told when to sleep you're told when wow. like we literally had a bedtime a wake up yeah. time meal time wow. you know so group time um yeah, me and Alice and we played like hide and seek. I remember one, she was on the top of the cupboard and I got in the tumble dryer. <laughs> so, you know, play hide and seek with anorexics is great because we can fit anywhere. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Um, played pranks on like the staff, dancing, like just making the most of it. And when yeah. we were better, we were allowed to go play badminton. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and when we were even better and didn't, couldn't even be asked to exercise anymore, we yeah. would just go like for coffee and cake. And just they were like, How was badminton? We're like, Yeah, really good, really good, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. um, went out for like drinks one day. Oh, really? Okay, oh, really? Again, you get in a lot of trouble for, of but um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Nice. Um, and is it all so the, the types of treatment they give you is it all kind of group, is it all kind of more psychological therapy or is there? Yeah, art therapy. Okay. Um, we'd do out and about so you'd go like clothes shopping oh, okay. and you'd have your one therapist who would work on things with you so yeah. if it was for me I didn't and still find it hard to buy myself stuff mm-hmm. like don't deserve it kind of thing so oh, she really? would take me out okay. and make me buy something for myself yeah so that gives you a sense of it's quite I quite like re- I like shopping but for my like buying clothes and stuff because you get the little buzz from it yeah I get so. it a bit more now okay. I went shopping 
a couple of weeks ago, probably for the first time in a few years. Oh, wow, okay. Um, but I still get the guilt. Oh, I see, okay. Some people will get a dopamine rush and some people won't. Mm. Mm. Yeah, wow. so they were just, so they work on individuals. Mm-hmm. So what you struggle with. Yeah, yeah, of course, which is good, which is how it should be. Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't be uh, prescribed any drugs or anything? No, you wouldn't be if you needed it, but you wouldn't be put on them. They kind of went away from that. Nice, okay. That's quite a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. They had like a chef as well. Oh, really? Okay. I got on with her really well because I really appreciate food and I still loved it. So loved good food. And she'd be like, what do you want today? What do you want Mm. today? And we got on really well, so that was nice. Wow, okay. Yeah. So then um, after the year, then you felt, I mean, being in there for a year, I'd imagine you were like probably looking forward to going home or getting back to. Yeah, yeah. They would like, reality. when you left, you all went into the garden with balloons. And uh, let balloons go. Oh, and nice. And say goodbye oh, nice and like that. lots of stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Got through some real tough times there. Mm. And then was all better again, we thought. Mm. <laughs> and then? And then I relapsed. <laughs> After how long? How long a period? Probably over the year again. Okay. Okay. So <coughs> wow. Long, but and how how could you identify the fact you were relapsing? Were there any triggers, or is it just your mood? Just, okay. Especially, and if you start becoming deceptive and lying, um, okay. And maybe more exercise, but you kind of knew because there is a voice in your head. I knew. Okay. Like, so still there. Okay. Wow. Then you're like ah. <laughs> Shit, okay. Still around. Yeah. Yeah. So you're trying to fight it again. Uh, Lost the fight. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, then ended up in the priory. um, Because it was... uh, The priory in the proper... The priory. The the priory, the priory. That was a bundle of fun. Oh man, wow. Because there's there's a whole mixed bag of people in there, I'm sure. There is, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that one was quite an urgent one. But we were waiting for a bed and... It was like Newmarket before, waiting, you're waiting for a phone call yeah. and to say a bed is available, okay. so you're getting worse. And every day we would just sit there, my mum and dad would just hold my hand, get me through the day. I can't even comprehend those times anymore mm. or ever explain it. It was torment though. Yeah. And then we finally got this call that the bed was available and at this point we actually didn't care where I was going. Like yeah, it, it okay. was just like so <coughs> bad now, third time for God's sake. Well, yeah. fifth really if you say day hospital. Of course, yeah. Um, and then, so we're halfway up, finally, my sister came with me and everything, my boyfriend at the time came, got halfway up and they rang and said, it's not available anymore. Oh, so shit. we were halfway up and we were like, no. you joking. Oh, no. um, I was literally in the back of the car, like I was so bad I could barely move. And oh, like, no. just before the priory as well, like it was so bad that my parents would check on me every hour in the night. And my mum would get to the point where she would only let my dad check on me because she was like, she's going to die. Wow. Um, okay. So it was so bad. Well, um, I'd imagine, was there a point then where you were just thinking in yourself, like that you don't know whether you, this is something you can continue doing? Or, yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. Where you, you know, start thinking, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah. There was one night, I didn't, well, wasn't going to say about it, but I will anyway. Um, I literally felt my body like, going yeah, like right. I was like I'm dying I can't I am Shit. actually dying um and went into my mum and dad's bed and I think they knew the same and they just cuddled me kind of thing um but I survived somehow yeah. like we literally all thought she was you know this is it kind mm. of thing so I was just in their bed in the middle just cuddling yeah. until I went but somehow I woke up yeah. so 
that was just before and then obviously I was like mate I'm this bad and I can't get better yeah. um, and then after the Priory rang halfway and said no the bed's not available anymore went home and obviously I'd gone oh thank god like kind of given up the fight because someone else was about to take the fight for yeah, me yeah. so when we got home I said I'm going out like I can't cope I'm going out for a walk yeah. um, I think I said oh, we need to get bread for something to eat yeah. uh, knew what I was going to do and I went and took quite a lethal serious overdose because um, I just couldn't mm. get the fight anymore mm. um, and then my mum obviously rang me she was like where are you she's a paramedic and she could tell from my reaction and she knew what had happened. She came out to find me, um, went to the, took me to the doctor straight away. They obviously called an ambulance straight away. Um, and then you have to drink this like charcoal okay. to get the poison out. Oh really? Oh wow, so it makes you re like throw up? No, it literally just neutralizes oh, it. Really? You, okay. Yeah, it's like pure charcoal drink. Wow. Um, but I wouldn't drink it, like I was in the back of the ambulance and I was like, I'm not drinking it. Um, and they were like, you will, I remember them saying, if you don't drink this, you'll die. And I said, I want to. And my mum was there. And then That's my mum, yeah. I can't even comprehend it still. Mm. It's like I'm talking about someone else. Mm. But my mum sat there and I don't know what she said, I can't remember. But she got me to drink most of it. Mm -hmm. um, and they did say later, if I didn't drink that, I wouldn't have survived. Yeah. So, yeah. So my mum literally saved my life that Jesus day. Um, and then I was just like on IVs and stuff, like in hospital for about a week. And they said oh, I could not leave that hospital till I went to the Priory. Okay. So it kind of <laughs> got me there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But this is fascinating. Yeah, it was intense. Uh, literally got on, put on bed rest, I couldn't move. So they got one of those moving mattresses, you know, because oh, yeah. I'm getting like bed Yeah, yeah, of stuff. course. Yeah, that's uh, really good, those things. Yeah, so yeah. they looked after me really well there, Friendly mm. Park. So, and yeah, obviously my parents could have turned their back mm. and they just. And what's, okay. it like at, what's it like at the Priory? Um, it's uh, um, hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because I, I don't think I've ever met anyone that's been at the Priory. Obviously, you know, you have a lot of yeah. celebrities. Celebrities. Yeah, you know, I was going to talk about it, but yeah, what's I, it, what's it like when you go in? Is it like some big palace? Or, it is. Yeah, it's huge. It's me, like a castle. May I ask, what is the Priory? It's like a it's mental like, health hospital. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's it an English term. It's no, it's cool. It's, it's one place in it's in Richmond, right? This one's Roehampton. It's Roehampton. actually yeah, a yes, chain, yes. chain now. Oh, okay. Um, for mental health. So in the UK, it's a chain, is it? Kind of. I thought it was just one place. I may be wrong. I don't know. I think so. It's the one in Roehampton next to yeah. Richmond Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's just the one. Right. Oh, okay. Again, it's the one where wrong. the celebs go because one night my ceiling fell in, so I had to move rooms, and the only room was available in the. Uh, celebrity ward oh nice but I wasn't allowed to obviously know who was there ah. so at 7am they would bring me come collect me yeah before I could see so you, so you weren't bunking up with Robbie Williams or right like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I I you can tell us afterwards it was the same like ward as Ant is it who was oh, oh yeah. Ant and Dick uh -huh. oh, <laughs> I was so like yeah. yes <laughs> Claim to fame. He lived, he, uh, <laughs> um, they both live in Chiswick. I used to live in uh, Chiswick yeah. just down the road. So I was like, what if it was like the same room? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I know you're going through something. Can you just sign this? Yeah, they literally. <laughs> literally. So. Um, okay, so um, anyway, so you're saying, obviously, you've painted the picture of nice, mm -hmm. but you went to the celebrity wall. But yeah, I'm sure once you're over the gloss and you know, think <laughs> yeah. it's cool, getting well, back to the so, hard reality. So it, that. Yeah. I did really give a shit. Like, yeah, of course. So 
I was in SAR, you have like 10 buzzers, I remember, to get into the ward, like it's facial recognition, buzzer to get through the Really? So wow. Stage, like, okay, I really am locked in. I can't do my little tree run around anymore. Wow. And this, um, how long ago was this? I think it was literally only about three, four years ago. Like wow, it's not okay. even that long. Okay. I think I get lost on like yeah. what was when, so probably, yeah, about four three. Three, okay. Three, four, so not that long. Yeah. Um, I was inside for four months because I was so sick, like I was just on the sofa and then moved like a few steps to eat and then back to the sofa wow. and that was it, your room's locked. Um, didn't get fresh air for four months because they only have the windows open like a tiny bit in case you try to jump out. <laughs> um, so literally. And then when I was finally allowed air, it was a walk around the car park in a wheelchair for 10 minutes, once a day, and then you could move up to twice a day. Wow. Then you can move up to actually walking it yourself mm -hmm. around the car park twice, <laughs> literally. Um, uh, were you did you feel isolated there? Isolated there though, because or, or did you get to interact with other people? Because everyone's going through their own have shit. Your own right? ward. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there is a ward with other people uh, at least. People. So I was on obviously the eating disorder ward. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. So you're kind of groups. Okay. Ones, but you do hear and see everything else. The emergency alarms constantly going off. Like, oh, this has happened, that's happened, all yeah. staff are all wards run. Yeah. I had that once, I was quite proud. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't run. <laughs> and um, how, how different does it feel to being on a, just a general hospital ward, or is it very similar? Um, no, it's very different. Okay. You see a lot that you don't forget. Like, I'm still working through post-traumatic stress from it. Mm -hmm. I'm actually visiting the Priory again next month to try and face up to it, because it was... So they're very um, power crazy there. So obviously, if you're not sectioned, all they're doing is threatening section. And oh, then wow. that's where it was like the forceps threat and then the tube feeding threat. Oh, and mm. um, it was just constant like that. And if you stood up or walked, you had a forceps punishment. So if you stood up for too long, they would count how many minutes you were standing up and then give you forceps, how many calories you had burnt. So for forceps? It's like a build up shake. Oh, see, okay, like there's another thing, thing before, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So it's um, like used as a punishment. Wow, okay, so, so it, that's just to make sure you're conforming, right? So it's mm -hmm. a bit of a... Yeah, it's very uh, categorised mm. yeah, and wow. things like that. Okay, um, that just feels like what you'd see in the movies, like a general kind of mental health yeah. hospital. This yeah. could be a movie. Yeah, yeah, literally, I can, imagine, I can remember so many things and what I saw with... When you got to eat downstairs in the main dining room, you get escorted down. We are put behind a screen, the anorexics, because obviously we're crying over food. Yeah, we don't want to okay. ruin the you know glorious atmosphere of Bloody the nice yeah. dinner. Um, oh, but you get to see some other people. Yeah, okay. You weren't allowed like caffeine. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. <laughs> I didn't. I kept sneaking things in actually. Yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> caffeine um, is a appetite suppressant, technically. Yeah, I think that's I why. Yeah. yeah, but mm. then I'm like, well, if I'm eating. I don't know why I wasn't. It's known as a drug, though, isn't it? Because you've obviously got the drug ward, mm -hmm. alcoholic, yeah, like, of course, so yeah, everything's yeah. just taken out. So everything's on lockdown. Yeah. yeah. So no chance of any magic mushrooms while you're there. No, no. See, that would help. But at the end, well, I remember going, Joe, like it was the top of the ward. So like, come see this, come see this. Open my safe of caffeine, chocolate, like literally <laughs> so much like contraband and he was like Rachel, whole way and I was just laughing so much. It was so funny because obviously when I, at the end you were a lot better so I was yeah. just sneaking stuff in and yeah. 
there was one night when I got so drunk um, and then I was breathalyzed when I got back in and then every time I was on leave because you still were signed out okay. as you were better I had to come back and get breathalyzed oh <laughs> it god so <laughs> it's, the, it's the Irish girl it's the Irish girl yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my it is promises coffee yeah literally it was an Irish coffee yeah, it's so funny Yes. <laughs> so, um, so you, you said you're in there for a, a, another six months, didn't was it? A year. A year, a year in priory. Wow. Possibly just over a year. Jeez. Okay. And how? Um, First four months, I wasn't allowed out at all. So okay. Then I had to go and leave and do this. And, and how? Uh, excuse my ignorance, but how, how is this paid? Like, do you pay for it, or was it? Is it no, that's funded. Just, oh, oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And how do you go about getting funding for these type of things? Um, you go through the doctor's referrals now, okay. and then you wait for the call for the bed. I see. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So, but they very much go on BMI, I think. Right. I see. So. Which isn't necessarily a good indicator, anyway. No. I'm okay. obese with my BMI rate right, right yeah. now. My you sister are. is. She's an I MMA <laughs> fighter, and she's tiny, and she's obese. Yeah. She's an MMA fighter. All right. She is. Another conversation. Really? <laughs> she's yeah. over on Thursday. She? Could, yeah. Yeah. Oh she did karate and got bored at third dance, so she's an MMA cage fighter. I'm down for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just read that there was one thing of MMA. Must have got it from her when there was a one time where I completely trashed the priory, and I'm really proud of it. And <laughs> the bin was there that I like huge. I literally picked it up and like. And my dad had come to visit, and obviously I'm really tame, like kind of innocent, yeah. sweet little girl. And even my dad, I remember looking at the corridor, and he was just standing there, like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what's happened?" And I trashed the whole place. It was great. And then they kept that bin, and mum and dad constantly are like, "Bin's still there, there." And I'm like, "Yeah." And that's because I didn't finish my dinner, so they wouldn't let me go on the car park walk. So now it always smashes to so the I nurses. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And then when I ran away, I had to get. <laughs> which I think they should have videoed. They put the emergency button, and obviously Tiny, yeah. really underway, took five people to restrain me, Whoa. and they didn't get me until I was just outside. So there was these five people restraining me underneath the Priory sign. Oh, wow. I was like, this should be oh, an advert. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then I was put on something called one-to-one, -one, okay. which where you've got someone literally in arm's reach of you 24-7. Mm -hmm. Shower, yeah. toilet, sleeping, oh, eating, wow. so walking, just, just like to make sure you can't, okay. for like a week. Oh my god. Oh my god, you go crazy. I can imagine. <laughs> you literally just go away. Yeah. <laughs> it's not normal. No. To, and, and also, maybe that's an indicator about the kind of probably only still 30 kilos yeah and, and it's just five people just so strong yeah, yeah. and it's so almost the kind of like the power of these demons that are inside yeah. you right it's yeah. um it's unbelievable when you see it sometimes yeah i really wish i had a photo of it though yeah. outside the friar is <laughs> Someday, but <we're> <laughs> you're going back in a, in a, a couple it's of months. True. So but me and Dad did a palace to palace bike ride as well a few years okay. or two ago, and we went past the Priory on it. So we got a photo of me on a bike, healthy yeah, underneath the Priory okay, sign, nice. which was awesome. Yeah, Sticking up your middle finger. Yeah, <laughs> we were, we were, like, people were just looking at us, so like, what the hell? <laughs> 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 you don't understand. <laughs> so, and yeah. then, so, so when you. Um, Obviously, left this time. 
that was what had changed? Okay, oh, uh, really? Okay. So you would queue for your meds. And I you'd see. have to queue up morning and night, get them put in your hand. You didn't, I mean, you know what you're giving, yeah. but don't know. Had the whole swallow, check your mouth and everything, oh, wow, okay. kind of thing. So that was quite. I got put on a medication, which I still have to take now, because I have to come off so slow, because it's so horrific to come off. And I'm uh, never doing Amitriptyline. Amitriptyline. Okay. It's like a nerve relaxant. Kind of makes you oh, like a zombie. Mm. So, yeah. And so it's just like a Vicodin, Vicodin kind of type of thing, I think, maybe. Whenever I tell doctors about it, they're like, oh, you come off that yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah, very slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. So it just kind of numbs everything. Mm. Okay. Is that tough with Pilates? Uh, not now. I'm on a very low dose now. Okay. So, yeah. So it's fine. But I accidentally took it once. I normally take it just before bed and I took the wrong one and I had to do a session. It was quite fun. <laughs> I was just mm. getting really tired. <laughs> <laughs> Dribbling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had a fire on, so I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so then, um, so obviously you then left with a, a shit ton of medication to take. And yeah. that's, that's just basically just dumbing everything down. Yeah. Which isn't, uh, again, it's just treating the symptoms, not... Um, yeah, it's not... A, not finding the cause yeah they did groups but i think they were by like the book okay kind of thing it was very bmi related weight related yeah not individual mm. like what do you struggle with and why course, yeah. so. okay so so what happened next i left the priory all well okay <laughs> all lovely and healthy again mm. yeah and then i started relapsing again um and we were literally like, because I was going seriously saying to mum and dad, and my doctors would be like, she does it on purpose. The doctors would just be like, waiting for you to have to go to hospital again. Right. Me and my parents were like, no. And my dad's friend actually had a clip on the radio about this new study called TMS treatment. Um, so it was a brand new study, transcranial magnetic stimulation. Oh, that's the other one. Okay, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So he had a clip, told dad. Dad looked into it. It was being used, but it was the first study to be used specifically for anorexia. Mm-hmm. And dad told me, I emailed within minutes, they emailed back within minutes and said, come straight away, mm-hmm. you are a perfect candidate. So I went through all the procedures, perfect candidate, and was then on a study in King's College in London. Um, so they're basically two groups, sham and real, you have this magnet on your head, okay. and they're pulsing and stimulating a part of your brain. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, to change the neuro pathways, which we had always said was the problem. Yep. Um, so we were like, you know, it's the last resort, I'm going to end up in hospital again otherwise anyway. So I'm just I'm looking at this. This is well. really just, interesting. I'm just having a look I've at got it. the study, like, Tran- all the paper Transcranial right magnetic stimulation. Yeah. Wow. It's used for quite a lot now, but still not eating disorders. Like, okay. So it's a different part of the brain. So I'm one in 16 in the world that had it on this part of the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we didn't know real or sham. Had to travel every day to King's, had 20 minutes treatment. We had like three hours worth of MRIs as well, which was Does it hurt? Hell. Well, interestingly, it says pain-free. Everyone pain-free. Mm-hmm. Me, agony. Really, wow. And then since then, all the flare-up of my illness that I said about the mm. pain. Mm. So I would ring mum and dad before, like crying, because I was like, oh my God, I can't take this, because they pulse it for just five seconds, and then you have 55 second rest, then pulse for five seconds, then 50 for 20 minutes. Wow. Um, and the way they find the muscle that they need to stimulate, they stimulate part of your brain, they've got electrodes on you, and when your thumb twitches, they've got the right part of your brain. Wow. And then they stimulate, and you see your brain on the screen, 
it's it's a bit crazy so every day i'd have to get like three trains just for 20 minutes of it and and what would it feel so you said you're in agony so it just feel like someone's digging something into your brain it was so like (coughs) sharp the pulses were so sharp Mm. and i felt so much pain and you're not meant to okay so i didn't know and i was like i better be on the real one if i'm going through this um and but it was it got really bad like then i was getting into quite bad depression Mm. because i was literally i remember it was quite all fun and cool like i'm gonna study halfway through i was like i'm getting three trains up to be tied to electrodes to have my brain stimulated i went how is it how is my life become this so i became really depressed and basically then made some quite it was quite scary because when I took the overdose before, it was like desperation, cry for help. Mm. And then this time, I wanted to end my life because I'd had enough. Yeah. Um, so I made quite in-depth plans, and I said to myself, "I'll finish the trial yeah. because I want to help others." Yeah. Okay. And then I'm going. Right. So I've had five weeks over the trial to plan basically for that, and mm. I felt really calm. And that's the scary part. It wasn't it was like a cry for yeah. help. It wasn't adrenaline. Yeah. I wasn't going to let anyone stop to it yeah um it was real tough like every time i got the trains i had to listen to really loud music it's actually the james arthur album oh yeah yeah like back on the edge because mm-hmm. his is all about drug rehab but yeah. i could like listen to the words really loud mm. to basically stop me jumping in front of a train every time so and i can't even tell you the pull to just do mm. it and i literally every train at station i had to walk away and now if a train goes past me fast luckily i'm in Malta with no trains now. <laughs> um yeah it Jeez. gives me a flashback and yeah. I can't if a train goes past fast it yeah yeah there's still a lot of this trauma inside yeah. you I'd imagine yeah. yeah so so yeah I went through all the TMS uh, and then obviously came to the death and I was like in my flat and I was like okay so I'd written letters and everything um, and then I tried to go out my second story flat in the winter and this like bumblebee started buzzing all around me like around the door mm-hmm. and I was like what the hell, like, this was three months after, uh, yeah, no, I think it was like three months after the trial actually, because I had to go for MRIs and everything, mm-hmm. um, and my grandma from my island <laughs> used to say bumblebees from spiderwebs, and like let them fly away, mm-hmm. and we used to always tell people about that, like that's how we knew my grandma yeah. said, like, she helps things that other people are scared of, yeah, kind of thing. Okay, nice, yeah. and for some reason, I don't know why, and I don't care why, because it saved my life, my head snapped mm. into no i don't have to do this yeah. and i swear down like from that day on i've got into full recovery mm-hmm. turns out i was on the real trial as well so i think that snap was the snap of my head like the neurotransmitters as well yeah and mm-hmm. um, so i still left my flat but i went to the tattoo place <laughs> mm. and got a bumblebee tattoo on my oh, arm nice. And I wanted it so I could see it all the time. Um, Sometimes then, it is there are things in life that are like that that just yeah. kind of everything else drops away, yeah. and it kind of makes you kind of. I can never explain. Highlight it. something, just and you're like, okay. and that was it. <coughs> um, and then I went and got a lot of wine to go to my parents' <laughs> house, and I just said to my parents, "I need to come over." Yeah. Um, had the wine and stuff, and they're like, "What's the occasion?" I was like, "I think you need to sit down," and we sat down together, and I read them the letters mm-hmm. that I'd written them and told them everything. Yeah. Um, Must have been pretty emotional. It was pretty tough. Yeah. yeah. But I felt like I needed to for the yeah. closure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so it's pretty emotional, but again, all I got was hugs and obviously crying, but mm. we were hugging each other. Yeah. And then they still, they weren't like on me like I was going to do it again. Yeah. They knew, they knew yeah, I was alright. Yeah. And then since then I've got stronger and stronger mm. and hit a full recovery, so yeah. it's mad, but... Yeah. <laughs> and then on the Bumblebee, so when you, you know, when you have your down days, because I'm sure it does happen, is that yeah. something you still can look at and go... Yeah, I went on a walk the other day just feeling, because I'm a bit fed up of now this illness, it's... Mm frustrating because this one I don't have any control over either no one knows yeah. anorexia at least you know people yeah. kind of knew what it was um and I went and walked just feeling quite down and then there was like these yellow flowers and just one bumblebee on it and yeah. again it just snapped my head again yeah. and I was like no yeah it's gonna be okay. okay so just that little symbol which is good and, and um something you <coughs> we've discussed before actually is about you having to and, and this, is this linked maybe to your the, the current disease you have where you're trying to work out what it is yeah about you having to um take on like three thousand two and a half to three thousand calories a day yeah because you're just burning just burning it off naturally. yeah and obviously my body temperature yeah and uh, cold weather so tms stimulated my brain yeah. and also a main cause can be anorexia of hypothalamic dysfunction okay which completely makes sense to me so um, i'm research root of that in a moment okay but it literally says caused by anorexia or autoimmune diseases which we've possibly had diagnosed yeah. and yeah. infection which i had a blood infection yeah um so it makes sense to me mm, yes but, and it happened after tms so to me it feels a bit black and white but mm -hmm. we'll see so yeah, what a crazy 12 years <laughs> to and start. I have to eat so much as well, yeah, which yeah. is so ironic. And I <laughs> can't stop eating actually. Like, the way I know full recovery is weird. Like, we can't connect with it. Mum yeah. and dad now I'm healthy. Yeah. But now I just don't stop eating. And people have to be like, Rachel, stop eating the bread. And I'm like, oh, and my <laughs> mum and dad did that when they came to Malta last yeah. year. And we were waiting for dinner. And my dad went, stop eating the bread and took it away. I went, whoa, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, his Maltese bread is incredible. I know, right? So. Like, so it's, so it's I was this like, morning. if you need to recover from anorexia, come to Malta. Like, <laughs> seriously. Um, is there specific foods that you are for? Specific foods that you can't eat or? I eat everything. Everything. Like, I am, everyone's like, you're like Pilates and really small. You must be vegan. And I'm like, I'm going home to steak tonight. Like, you can I show them this podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I need so much protein. And that's, I put posts up of food on my Instagram because I actually probably couldn't be vegan. Like, I need so much protein. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you eat um, much hemp? Because hemp seeds are really no, I high didn't try in. CBD in oil ones. Okay. Yeah. Anything, but the, the hemp, but hemp seeds themselves are really high, really rich in protein. Yeah. One of the highest. Um, I have looked protein. into it. Yeah. To be honest, when I was on so much steroids and antibiotics, I didn't want to invest in it all because yeah. I thought there was no point. My body's being destroyed yeah, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. But now I'm off those. I'm going full on like health food. I don't yeah. care about how expensive it is because yeah. you can't put a price on health. No. After all, it doesn't so. have to be expensive anymore either. I think if you shop in the right places. Yeah, and, and I cook and everything, things. meal prep, yeah. like everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. I have everything ready and I have to eat every two hours basically. Mm -hmm. So after here, I will be going to get something to eat. <laughs> but, yeah. well, Sorry, you should have bought some snacks. I know, so. right? Yeah, like, coffee with a biscuit. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. um, and now this is amazing. Obviously now you've, despite all this well, sort of a world of trauma and, and challenges and just everything you've been through, now you've 
you've uh, come to Malta. I, I don't know if you set this up before, but you tell us about your company. So yeah, so Reach so One Hundred. So Reach what is it? Reach One Hundred is Pilates. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to think of it quite different. I okay. trained in London for mm -hmm. two years. Yeah. Uh, Specialised in loads of areas: orthopedics, more equipment, prefects, natal. Yeah. Really, really good course. Um, yeah. and just passed. Set up Reach One Hundred. Mm -hmm. Started teaching in studios. Got told I had to leave, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, mate, really?" Oh, okay. So to come here. To come here. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So I was like, "Okay, I'm not giving it up. I've just worked so hard. Yeah. I love it." Yeah. So I thought I'll set it up here. Uh, it was wasn't as easy as I expected. Mm. Like it was really tough, really, really tough. I had nothing. I'd walk, started walking, like I was walking about 28,000 steps a day to get to places to try classes, to try and promote. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'd have to like debate either a coffee or a bus because I couldn't afford oh, shit, the 150, yeah, 150 yeah. coffee, 150 yeah. bus. So I'd debate with myself which one to go yeah. for. And then just coffee. started building. It was coffee. So, and just didn't really give up. So I started like one client was walking hours with a coffee. Um, and then it just started building and then yeah. I got an e-bike and started cycling oh, around okay. the island yeah, in nice. the summer which yeah. was awesome yeah. then I got a little bag on the back because I needed equipment oh, I was okay. like, oh my god this is huge now <laughs> um, and then I had to get a hire car yeah. um, mm -hmm. now I have my little car from the UK uh, okay, nice. and I go house to house and because I never want to categorise people like I was categorised mm. so I love the individualised so if I do private and if I've trained in all the areas, I can design programs for them. Yeah, like yeah. studios will just be me doing a class over and over. Yeah. Um. So that's why I wanted to go like the private room. Yeah, of course, and it's um, it's something that we've been thinking about as well. Just helping yeah. practitioners more as uh, as an individual or as a small business yeah. rather than. It's just so good for you. Yeah, exactly. Just give <coughs> if we can. Um, empower practitioners to, to be able to do it themselves rather than yeah. having to rely on a studio or something. Yeah, like exactly. I, think the, um, I always give exercises for at home and yeah. photos and videos and people are like, you should charge for that. And I said, no, I'm actually in this to help people. Yeah. Like, Pilates is the only thing I was allowed to continue doing. I was actually training for professional tennis mm -hmm. and I had to give it up. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, so, okay. Um, very sporty family tennis. I was just saying, MMA fighter and a, and a, <laughs> a professional tennis. Yeah. We'll mention the middle sister, I'll get told off, but okay. she doesn't do any sport. She's oh, got a baby okay. though, so oh, she does that, she, that bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just give up sport. Yeah. Uh, but Pilates is so good for you, yeah. and you can make it really, really strong, mm -hmm. you can make it chilled, you can make it for any condition. So, so. again, for the, for the ignorant person, say myself, um, <laughs> How, uh, and we've had this conversation before, but how different is Pilates from yoga? Because a lot of people mix them up. There's a mat and mm -hmm. that's about it. Oh, okay. um, so Pilates is like strength based, okay. actually came from the war. Okay. So Joseph Pilates was in the war from Germany, had like rickets, asthma, rheumatoid fever, um, rheumatic fever, I don't know how to say that. Um, and right. developed all these exercises to stay really strong mm -hmm. and started teaching like the soldiers with it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I reached 100 because the 100 is the iconic and very first exercise. Mm -hmm. And when he nailed like the top thing of the 100, top level, he was cured or was given clear from all these diseases. Oh, wow. So I was like, wanted it. When I came up with Reach 100, I knew, you know, you get that gut instinct. Yeah, okay. Um, so then I was like, well, it could be reach 100%, you could yeah. be reach 100 age. Again, it's versatile. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. Like, yeah. nothing's fixed. Mm -hmm. No one's the same, nothing's the same. Yeah. So that's all, yeah, that's yeah. why it's all that. So 
That's amazing. And, and how, so obviously you've been through this amazing journey, really, um, of up and down, up and down, up and down. But how, where are you now? Like, you're still going through some kind of, um, you've got some symptoms, but yeah. where well, are you? Yeah, well, last week I had love in last day on IVs because I was in horrific pain. Okay. Um, but I said, like, I would take this pain and the tiredness, I have to make sure I can have a rest in the day mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I would take this any day. Yeah. Like, compared to the mental trauma yeah. and being locked up, like, yeah. I can go out and walk in the sun if I want to. Yeah. I'm not locked in. So yeah. I don't think anything can phase me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do a lot for charity now. So okay. mental health charity. So for sure, got to mention my friend Alice, mm-hmm. who I said about in the hospital. Yeah. She didn't win the fight. So she uh, passed away mm. five years ago. Um, we're the same age. So she was... 23 mm-hmm. um, I got a tattoo for her as well so we were going to go to Disneyland mm-hmm. on our 25th because her birthday is a week before mine okay. um, nice. so we were going to go to Disneyland for the 25th because Disneyland Paris opened the year we were born so it was the 25th oh, anniversary really? oh, wow. um, and she died obviously before that um, but my friends still took me oh, for my 25th nice. okay and it was incredible so we went for her and i got beauty lies within tattoo on my hip for her um but i still help her mum out and she shouldn't have died she died in hospital Uh, it's under investigation still so not really allowed to say much about it Mm -hmm. um but that keeps me going because sure she's yeah she'll look over me and i was lucky so i do a lot for mental health awareness because it shouldn't have happened she should still be here. She was so fun laughing. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. So. And uh, so you mentioned some charities. So, uh, are there any charities to call out that you kind of uh, that provide research or, or provide more awareness that people can go and read it, read up on? Um. So the Richmond Foundation Richmond are really good yeah. for mental health, but mm-hmm. I did only just find out they don't treat eating disorders. So I actually, see. in Malta, there's only one. <coughs> So I raised money for them in November. We raised 500 euros, oh, wow, okay. which is great because they are amazing. Like yeah. they help a lot of mental health illnesses, mm-hmm. businesses. They're incredible. Yeah. Then before that, there's an eating disorder unit. I can't say it for the life of me, okay. but people from Malta will know it. <laughs> uh, and raised a couple of hundred euros for them okay. as well before that. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Um, but that's all they have for eating disorders. They don't know it here at all. At really? all. Okay. So I'm actually on a bit of a mission mm. of raising that awareness. Yeah. Um, my parents are over next week mm-hmm. so they're gonna talk about what it was like for them mm-hmm. um i'm gonna do an event in july yeah. mm-hmm. and all about awareness even if it's not raising money like yeah. the awareness of it well that's the key thing isn't mm-hmm. it uh, and um from a parent's point of view um is are there any kind of tips you could uh, how can someone spot this that maybe maybe the individual going through it might not be aware that it's happening to them is I think there the anything? social isolations are key okay so anorexia is just mental illness so mm-hmm. when you're starting to withdraw that might go to depression that might go to drugs that might mm-hmm. go to alcohol might go to anorexia they're all the same yeah it's what's happened to the person yeah. so if they're changing character mm. ask them are they okay yeah. they say yes ask them again yeah say don't push it so i would say like maybe write to me say like i'm here mm-hmm. whenever you want to talk i'm here that will be a seed in their head yeah. and they will know they will remember that at the time and mm-hmm. eventually they will go to you. Yeah. Say, you can write me a letter. Why don't you write it, put it in your bag, mm-hmm. and then when you feel strong enough, give it to me. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So not pushy, 
It but just she make... keeps saying yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it seems like you really did this with your family. You know, like oh, they yeah. helped you immensely. They were probably the top pillar. Yeah, you know? I, I, well, wouldn't be here without yeah. them today. And they still support me. We were messaging yesterday, obviously, when I was going through all this, the notes, and then today. Um, today messaging again yeah. and like I'm wearing jeans today that used to just fall off me and I'll never throw them away anymore and I just messaged right. them with pictures of that. <laughs> this is all these things. Yeah and then they're just like God you look so healthy yeah. and yeah. even though all of this going on mm -hmm. like we said it's so manageable compared to that so yeah without them but shout out to the boyfriend again I guess he'll get mm -hmm. angry. <laughs> <Of course>. Sam <laughs> so, he's been amazing like we've only we met here and we're actually half an hour away from each other in london oh, so okay. um we've not even been known each other a year and what he's had to go through like oh my god i remember when we were getting quite serious i had to tell him all this first because mm. i've had a lot of problems in the past with like i will distance myself you know yeah. i will go back to that sometimes <laughs> um i've got a lot i have flashbacks still quite mm -hmm. bad so there are still a lot of things that mm -hmm. he needed to know. Yeah, I remember going, please. getting wine, knowing, knowing I was going to tell him, <laughs> why is a key feature? Oh well. The next podcast will definitely have wine. I think we do too, yeah. yeah. Um, wine and snacks. Yes, please, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's medically advised actually. I have to have red wine for my circulation. Oh, oh really? Oh, well, that's fair. And snacks for yeah. my body, so yeah. go on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, I literally told him and I said, so if you want to leave, you can because mm. I'm just used to that yeah. in a way okay. um, it's, it's also up. a way of pushing someone away yeah and it's, I, I sent him something the other day and I write letters a lot mm. and I still do that mm -hmm. when I do that I push people away yeah. I still do that yeah. um, I make them out that they've done something wrong so that I can push them away because yeah. I guess I'm more scared of them going yeah. and he gets this every week mm -hmm. and he'll constantly have to go I'm not leaving yeah. and then I'm like if he's down with me if someone's down, if you were down right now, yeah. it's my fault. Like, yeah, okay. So he's got to live with that now. Mm. But then also this illness. So he sees behind the scenes. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I go around smiling. I go home, I'm exhausted. Yeah, he will gosh. massage my legs like when they're in pain. He will just like hug me. He mm. will leave me alone yeah. if I just want to be left alone. Yeah, okay. um, but he's, yeah, bless him. He hasn't even been here a year. And having to go through all this, and he's had such a nice little <laughs> life, and I'm like, sorry. Um, but it sounds so, like you found your family here, which is which yeah. Is nice. He's been like a big part of my happiness yeah. here now, especially yeah. this year, like going through this now. Mm. Like when I was in hospital last week, he straight away was there before, like before I was even admitted onto the ward. Yeah. Like in seconds, he was there and just sat there the whole time. Yeah. He did not leave. So he'll be there for times to sit with wine and he'll be there in hospital as well. <laughs> yeah. That was Valentine's Day as well. So, you know, first Valentine's together. <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like you said, and he has family here, so mm. it's starting to like... Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, okay. create, like you said, the family atmosphere, someone mm. to go home to, mm. not on my own. Which so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, bless him. So, um, <laughs> is there, if, if people want to, Maybe they have questions or if they want to kind of reach out to you or mm -hmm. maybe if they're, you know, maybe experiencing some demons themselves. Yeah. Is there, are you open for them to kind of reach I out to anyone. you? Or? Yeah. yeah, I'm so open to talking about stuff now yeah. and so proud of a full recovery. I was even scared when I came to Malta opening up, like mm -hmm. what if people don't want to book me as an instructor because 
they see me as sick and I thought well if they don't I don't want to teach them yeah. Yeah. and my passion as an instructor comes from the fact I've been so sick yeah. so if I wasn't if I didn't get that sick I wouldn't be so passionate yeah. Yeah. so that's their choice do they want a really passionate instructor or do they want one who's had no history you exactly, know yeah. you choose yeah, that's fine and so anyone that wants to talk anyone that wants to I would go for a coffee and just chat help anyone like yeah. that's the biggest thing talk and I want to start something called walk and talk so oh yes okay just like set up a walk yeah and say that I'm willing to talk mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to just come for a walk fine. yeah yeah if you just want to listen yeah, it's easy course, yeah. easy talk it's very nice yeah mm-hmm. And even for men, actually, like uh, I know it's becoming more uh, more prevalent now, but mm-hmm. just the mental health among, amongst men. Yeah. I think, did we talk about this last They're one? They're like more proud, aren't they? Like, not more proud, but feel like they can't be. Well, yeah, as, as men, you're, you're as kids, mm-hmm. you're, taught, you're taught to like, don't be a girl, like by crying mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or opening up, yeah. you're, you're, you're being a girl. You're yeah. conditioned <coughs> from the get-go. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, so for, so for when you become an adult, and you internalize everything, and yeah. and and if you have demons like this, as men can as well, then it's even worse because then you don't you think, okay, oh, we're just going, I'm going to go to the pub, I'm going to watch football, I'm going to grunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't. And I, even I, even today, and, and it's something I try and try not, I'm trying to be better at doing is that even my mates here in Malta, like I won't call them out, but you just you go there and you go, all right, you're right, yeah, you're right, and then that's it, and then you just sure, kind of yeah, drinking. Yeah. You don't actually go, no, but how like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. As men, you're not conditioned to do that. So, so true. It's, um, I've met some people here because I obviously I did some features on mental health, not mm-hmm. such in depth. So thanks for taking the time for that. Um, but some came through and men that you wouldn't think you think they were like the like head authoritative guys, and they've got dark demons going on, and mm-hmm. they will sit with me, and I've been for coffees with them mm-hmm. to chat and help. Like I will see the positive. I will turn everything positive yeah. you tell me something the most negative thing in the world and I'll mm. change that yeah. like not because I make it I that's how I live now yeah. like which is important. take the good times and everything's good so if you need some positivity <laughs> like but, um, anyone you're worried about I want to raise awareness here I will set something up eventually mm-hmm. it's just about looking at how the best way to do that but for sure amazing so is there um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you email address Facebook yeah so obviously facebook's reach 100 yeah all in words um and then you'll find my personal one on there as well okay uh the website is all on my facebook as well okay which is reach 100 uh, reach dash reach dash dash 100.com okay yeah we'll share it we'll put it in the links anyway just for people and that's got blogs on it so i write blogs on like what i've been through a bit and then like the phrase no pain no gain which is my favorite because mm-hmm. i'm like you want pain i will give you my pain if you want my if you want pain uh hate that phrase <laughs> you'll need uh, about five people to staff you <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> um so yeah lots of blogs and photos and things like that so yeah amazing brilliant well th- this has been insanely insightful and um we need a pair too yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we want to kind of. Um, um, it's just good. Like every day I go out, I try to do something simple and it turns into like the yeah. biggest adventure ever. Mm. People are like, seriously? So yeah, we could do a part two. Yeah, yeah. sure. And, and just, just tell yeah, just to see how um, you're progressing, yeah. your business, but also, you know, how you're coping. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, even if you have to move from Malta, we can. 
maybe we can come over where you are. Yeah, we'll actually nice figure look. out so that you know I can stay because I yeah. like it here now. Yeah, exactly. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we're all staying. We're staying. Yeah. Staying. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's uh, we'll, we'll definitely do a, a round two um, just to see how things are progressing and and um, what you're doing is amazing, raising awareness, getting people to talk is just uh, we need more of this. So, oh, that's um, a good platform. So uh, genuinely, thanks. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. Great. Wow, that was cool, right? Pretty amazing. I say cool, I mean, it's probably the wrong word to use. Um, I knew, um, so I've known Rachel for a little bit now, but, and um, I'm aware of some of the stories, but oh, it's just the, uh, like I said, it's like, a, it's like a movie. Yeah. Like some, some of the things she's had to go through, and um, even myself, you know, I didn't really have, I understood, obviously, anorexia is a, is a mental illness, but <clears throat> I didn't really, have a full grasp on, on the impact it can have and that's the exact same feeling I had. Yeah, no. Start to finish, I, I knew bits of the story before, mm -hmm. um, but it didn't all add up until today. Mm. Now that I see the full spectrum of it, uh, it's astonishing what she's done and can't wait to hear part two of probably how great things are going to look in the future. Mm. And then, um, obviously you've done, as you mentioned really, it's not meeting at the same time, sorry people. Um, You've done, you've done loads of research on chemicals and, and things like that. So, and you were mentioning before, yeah, like some of the, some of the things out there that whether she's looked at or not, or we can speak to, speak to her about off air. But what would you? I mean, if you were in that kind of situation, is there anything well, that you would you would honestly, look at? Honestly, I wouldn't be able to do anything about in that situation mm. because I'd be consumed mm. with everything. Um, but things that I found really interesting were. I, it's just like a, it seemed like a trauma, you know, that, that started from being bullied. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone has traumas and everyone has triggers. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she mentioned the things, for example, about the bees, mm -hmm. you know, such a positive outcome and just a happy trigger. And we all have them, mm -hmm. believe it or not. Um, things kind of came to light when she mentioned PTSD. Um, I know that there's clinical trials happening now, I believe in the States, uh, with using actually in a very clinical setting, folks, uh, with doctors, <laughs> um, uh, but they are using MDMA. Oh, wow, okay, natural to treat these, to, to, to treat this type of trauma. Um, a lot of people um, who engage in combat in, in, in let's say, uh, the war, vets, uh, are under a lot of this pressure for PTSD. Mm. Um, so it is showing, seeing the results. So I'm always kind of, uh, up to date on the cutting edge supplements, you could say. Um, but I just thought some of these things really help. Uh, she mentioned that she was using steroids, that there's some side effects. I was thinking, why wouldn't she be using something like a, a growth hormone? Mm. I mean, um, human growth hormone uh, hits everything from a different pathway. Um, Especially for appetite, right? Increases appetite mm. as, as a side effect, but that's a good thing, right? Mm. Um, we'll keep uh, muscle density. Um, it's not exactly going to fix everything, but it could probably help her quite some bit. Um, so yeah, I guess for the part two, we'll, we'll dive in a little bit more. Into yeah, yeah, maybe just kind of highlight some things to think about and whether she has or because obviously the <clears throat> this Iranian doctor, um, um, maybe she will have some insights without she having the time to come on here. Yeah. But um, 
know, maybe if one kind of share some details with her just to get some feedback, it might be interesting as yeah. well. Yeah, the unfortunate reality is, is that a lot of these things are still being heavily researched. There's uh, business to be made in a lot of these supplements as well. Uh, some providers will help you, other providers, some people influence in one way, uh, and, and it goes in this kind of cycle, right? Um, doctors sometimes can't even advise because it's just a legal matter. Mm. Uh, especially when she mentioned her BMI uh, concern at the start of the podcast, that really struck a bell with me. Um, you know, these things, it's, it's just doctors don't want to get sued. They just like cover their asses. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's unfortunate. And this is why it opens up the world of medical tourism, which is taking place, we're seeing everywhere now. Everyone's flying to the likes of Istanbul or Panama for stem cells. Um, stem cells. So, uh, these things are taking place and things that, that are interesting. So in part two, for sure, we'll, we'll dive into more details. Amazing. Brilliant. Okay, man. Um, let's wrap it up. And guys, uh, guys, gals, everyone, um, thanks for listening. Um, please do subscribe, share this with friends. We're trying to create more awareness. Um, uh, as I mentioned, I think before, we're... We're, we're not doctors, um, you know, we've, we've got our own knowledge, maybe I've got some knowledge in, in, um, in some of these fields. A lot of them we don't, and we, you know, we're just building our knowledge ourselves by doing this and, and hopefully yeah. sharing it with you and, and, and helping in, in turn you building your knowledge. Um, but uh, I think it's a good shout out to uh, next week is um, Eating Disorder Awareness Week as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's been quite a nice and nice timely um, thing to do. Rachel's awesome in her journey and um, yeah, keep listening. We've got some awesome podcasts to come um, and we'll see you soon. Please sign up. Ciao. Ciao.